Hello, I'm Niall Brown, and welcome to this episode of the Movies in Focus podcast. Director K. Asher Levin joins the podcast to talk about his action horror comedy, Slayers. A very modern take on the vampire film, Slayers stabs its stake into the heart of everything from online influencers to QAnon conspiracy theorists. It's an energetic and entertaining genre pick, with committed performances from a cast that includes Thomas Jane, Cara Hayward, Jack Donnelly, Lydia Hurst, Malin Ackerman, and Abigail Breslin. During the course of our conversation, Levin discussed what it was like working with Thomas Jane, how the films of John Carpenter and The Lost Boys influenced the film's style and tone, and how the structure of Slayers changed in the editing room. As always, I hope you enjoy our chat. Hi, Asher. Nice to speak with you. Are we doing video or no video? Um, I'll just be using the audio, but I can see you if that works. No, I'll, I can t- I'll turn off or this is fine. No problem. No, no, feel free to uh, keep going. Um, well, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Um, and I really enjoyed the movie. It's a really kind of fun, kind of action comedy B-movie. How, how would you describe it? <laughs> I would describe it as exactly that. Um, I would decide, tell everybody it's like the greatest midnight movie that you haven't seen yet. Um, that's my description. That's myself for people is, you know, watch a movie that's going to become a cult movie before it becomes a cult movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's got that energy. I mean, it's, it's also got sort of Thomas Jane chewing the scenery as pretty much oh, yeah. Thomas Jane, I would imagine. I've never met Thomas Jane, but I'd imagine he's pretty sort of badass in real life. <laughs> awesome. He's awesome. He's a close friend. He's really cool. And he's, he's wild. And, and yet, like, strangely um, sensitive and really nice at the same time, which is a weird combination. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he sort of, he has that, I mean, he's, he's sort of, he's got that badass temperament in the film, but there's kind of a, a backstory that sort of gives him a lot of humanity, which... Totally. Which, which could I think be a lot of, of I, think, I think Thomas put a lot, as big as a performance as it is, I think the reason why everybody's so taken by it is, um, is that he put a lot of himself in this particular role. Uh, a lot of the the, the the sort of wilder aspects of who he is as a person is here. And I think for, I always, I keep telling people, if you're fans of Thomas, if you've seen him in supporting roles and on the edges, um, you know, you should come and see this movie. It'll be like your new, new favorite film, you know, because you get to see it all the time and you really get to have a lot of fun with him. Well, I mean, I can imagine it's a film that plays really well with the crowd. I mean, I obviously watched the screener, but you know, it's kind of got that sort of big crowd festival, you know, horror festival energy. Well, we'll see. It's playing tomorrow night. It's premiering at ScreenFest. So we'll see if, if you're right. I hope so. I can imagine audience was, I mean, I mean, because it's got the humor, it's got kind of the, the action in it. It's got a, a bit of heart. And I can really see it connecting with, with that sort of midnight movie crowd that, that love these sorts of movies. Totally. Absolutely. That's, that's the intention. And, um, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit like a rock show. It's got it's got different songs and different moods throughout the movie, and then a rousing ending. Well, that's I mean, you you it's got a tremendous amount of energy because you you kind of kick off with the the kind of the social media aspect, and I mean the editing of that that must have taken you forever to cut all those sequences together because there's just so, sort of so much to that. How do you how do you go? But was that on the script? Is that something that that sort of you then worked on? How did that come about? That was not in the scripts. We, uh, the movie had a, 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 a very long uh, up and down road to be made. And then we made it and then we looked at it 
And I realized why it had such an up and down road because some of the parts of the movie worked really well. And some of the parts of the movie were not as fun as the other parts of the movie. Clearly the back half of the film works amazingly and everybody has loved it since it was incepted. The Elliot and Flynn stuff is just dynamite and their chemistry is even better than it was in, in the script. Um, but I think there was always a desire to figure out how you could get that energy into the rest of the movie. And luckily the editors that I were working with um, sat me down when I was sort of figuring out how do I make this movie really hum all the way through? And they pitched me on this uh, sort of idea of taking what we had in the in the scene in Elliot's uh, RV, uh, where he describes the mythology and extending that throughout the movie and really having it take flight and, and build Elliot's backstory out throughout the movie. Um, you know, we had had the pieces of it already because we always had shot the backstory of his daughter and tied it together in the RV trailer, but we really didn't understand I didn't understand how to make the whole movie kind of feel the way that the back half of the movie felt uh, for so long. And that's why it's important to have collaborators. My, my editor, Mark, and his partner, Vic, um, they really helped to, uh, to, to take charge uh, and, and give me sort of the tools and then, and then challenge me to embrace that. And then from there, I was off to the races and it was an additional six months of post actually after that because of it. So we just went through and and uh, and made a, a really different and really incredible film that we're super proud of uh, out of something that we were like, maybe this works, maybe this doesn't. And then we finished it and we we're like, wow, this is this is like no one's ever made this movie before. No, that's it, because, I mean, obviously you, you kind of you have aspects of a, a classical kind of vampire slayer film, but you sort of inject it with a bit of 21st century Kind of energy and, and but also you know and that gives it a different slant because i mean it, it could have been and i'm not knocking it because i think it's a great movie but it could have been something like john carpenter's vampires where it's it's got something a bit more kind of of the moment as opposed to sort of looking back mm -hmm. that was really important to me and not knocking john carpenter's vampires either mostly because people have said that certain parts of this movie remind them of it, so I'm not going to knock it. That's why I mentioned it. <laughs> I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that John Carpenter's best movie is Vampires. And, you no. know, I have a special, you know, I, I have a special relationship with Carpenter. I think it's pretty clear through the movie that Carpenter's big inspiration of mine in general, his outlook on life specifically uh, is similar to mine and sort of acid-tongued uh, view of media is very clearly aligned. This movie actually probably shares more with They Live than, than Vampires. Yes, yes. Um, I would say that I don't, I, I actually think that this movie is probably the closest to They Live of any movie I've ever seen with regards to the, uh, the cynicism to media and, and capitalism, um, if you really find, look for it. Uh, but uh, no, the influencer thing, I actually came from a different perspective, which was, you know, the movie was never going to be about influencers. It was set in the 60s initially and was about how Hughes and, and, uh, and a young journalist. And so the DNA was never with influencers. When I put the influencers into those roles, uh, those were their jobs. And when I fleshed out those characters, those are because I had worked in the digital world for uh, five years and I had been around a lot of these people and I knew how they talked and I knew what their, um, their motivations were in life. And so I understood what the stakes were a lot better than maybe some other fields. So I, I wrote them in as this is their work. And I think that that's why it doesn't feel like this influencer adjacent the movie. Yeah, And the Flynn character specifically is not an influencer. She's a gamer. And we haven't really seen that in a movie. And I think that it's interesting that in these kind of movies, we haven't had a female lead gamer or a gamer in general be the lead in the movie. Because it's so obvious when you're doing an action horror movie, you know, why wouldn't you represent the people that watch action horror movies, you know? Yeah. And so 
you know, aside, aside from Scott Pilgrim, you know, it, the, you know, there aren't really a lot of representations of that. And then having Flynn also be representative of LGBTQ uh, is also a, a really strong part of the film. So having Flynn and then having Elliot, which is the ultimate outsider of this, it was really important to kind of show all facets of media to me. And on his side, he's like this QAnon, you know, pamphlet, you know, guy in the Midwest who doesn't believe in turning, you know, you know, thinks his camera is everyone's watching him and, you know, and that he breaks his phone and, you know, th these guys that they, they live out there, they really believe this shit. Um, they're, they're just as whacked out as we are, you know, in a different way. And I, I, one of the things I've talked about a lot is that this movie is relatively apolitical too. Um, it's equal opportunity shit cannery all over the place, you know? And, and I think that, that that speaks to the time even more now than when I made it a year and a half ago. Because now we are a rudderless country with no center uh, with regards to the way that we, we consume our media, we consume our news and et cetera. We are constantly um, trying to search for truth and no one wants to give it to us. And so that, that doesn't matter if you are a Democrat or a Republican, a liberal, a libertarian, uh, whatever you know, gender predilection, whatever age group you are, you kind of feel like everybody has betrayed you. Uh, you know, uh, race, religion, et cetera. Everybody's attacking everyone, you know? And, and so every single day you have a new uh, sort of thing that you need to be like, oh shit, that happened? Okay, well, I, I'm trying to figure out how to reconcile with that. Do I post it? Do I talk about it? You know, yeah. do I ignore it? Am I ignoring it? Does that mean I'm not supporting something? Am I not representing something? If I post something, does that mean I'm representing something in the wrong way? You know, and and I think that a lot of this movie has a lot to do with that, this chaotic world that we live in right now. Well, that's, I mean, you, you just sort of said you, you straddle all these different lines. Um, it's, it's an independent film. So obviously the funding's coming. Did you ever get to the point where somebody on one side went, oh, you've got to tone it down for this or somebody on the other? Or were they just sort of kind of happy that it was sort of equal on, on both sides? A magician never reveals the secrets. So <laughs> I will say I, I am going to not answer that question. I'm going to say that uh, that the movie is what I want it to be. And I'm glad that I have a distributor who is releasing it correctly. That's enough said on that question. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's sort of it's, it's a vampire film, sort of a traditional vampire slayer movie updated. Is that something you always wanted to make or is it... it that kind of, it came your way as a concept and an idea and you jumped out a door. I'm a kind of old fashioned filmmaker, I guess, where like, I don't really adhere to like genre as much as just an idea. And so, you know, I, the idea of, you know, uh, updating Dracula and having it not be a parable for sexual repression or, or, you know, and having it instead be about, you know, the vampire elements of media and capitalism. I think that was always the springboard of the of the film for me um, and what made me excited about it. I do love vampire movies, but some of them. Um, Near Dark is a really uh, a, a, a classic for me. Um, I love The Hunger. Uh, I love Blade. Um, but then other than that, really, I have a complete, I like Lost Boys. I know it's kind of um, not cool to say, but it's a hey, super I, I, I love Lost Boys as well. So yeah. worry about that. It's a really cool and fun movie. I think that... Um, there's a lot of uh, sort of people that think it's a bit top 40, um, but it's it's a, it's really, really fun movie and, and a great coming of age film too. Yeah. And I think 
every vampire film needs to be, if you're not representing something different in your vampire film than another vampire film, then you shouldn't be making a vampire movie. That's my opinion. And the same thing goes with zombies. It's like these characters have been around for over a hundred years. And if you don't have a new story to tell within the genre, the subgenre that you're in, then you're just wasting everybody's time and money. Uh, so this is a movie that is very different than other vampire films. And hopefully people will watch it and respect the fact that, you know, it's not like a normal vampire movie. And there should never be a normal vampire movie. I mean, the whole concept of gothic, um, you know, novels was that they were echoing the time that they were living in. You know, and Frankenstein is about, you know, the, the, the rise of industry and, and science and, the, the, and, and sort of the dangers of it. And Dracula was about sexual repression in Victorian era, you know, and, and, and so on and so on from there. And, you know, and, and Edgar Allan Poe stories and, you know, uh, and, 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 and all the other masters uh, before and after. And then <clears throat> obviously with the rise, you mentioned B movie kind of early on, you know, uh, I, I think that, that thankfully B movies have become an elevated art form now. Yeah. Um, but I, what people need to understand is that B movies were movies that were independent films before they had a name for independent films. So you may say that there are B movies from the 50s and the 60s, but I say that these are filmmakers that then it went on to become our most legendary filmmakers, most of them. And the ones that didn't became celebrated by our most legendary filmmakers. The construct of B movies, specifically some of the, you know, the films of the 50s, Sam Fuller movies, et cetera, um, you know, and then what, what that begot with the films, the American International, uh, you know, the films, the Roger Corman films, uh, was that Roger Corman would just say, as long as you, you shoot it in this amount of time and you put this in the movie, whether it's violence or sex, then I will let you make whatever movie you want to. And so yeah. at that point, then you get filmmakers like Jonathan Demme and Martin Scorsese, Coppola, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly now you are now harvesting the greatest minds of the last 50 years in cinema. So I take great reverence in people, in people aligning this film with a creature feature from the 70s or the 60s. I think that that's important to understand that all those movies, as sort of low budget as they were, because they were allowed to do whatever they wanted, those movies had a lot more to say than some of the bigger budget horror films of that same eras, you know? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, you look at those sort of the Roger Corman, I mean, the, the Roger Corman Poe movies or, you know, from the 60s or, you know, those movies stand up so well. I mean, they stand up, I mean, to compare Vincent Price, who was in uh, House of Wax, which was a big sort of production, which doesn't hold up as well as yeah. those Poe movies that, that Corman did for like, yeah. you know, no money over five days or whatever it might have yeah. been. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I agree. And I know we're, we're running out of time here. So finally, I'll just ask you what, so you've, you've got Slayers, you're doing the promo for this now. What's next for you? So um, I have, uh, by the way, I have a movie that just came out as well with Thomas. Uh, it's a, it is a crime thriller, very much in the spirit of, uh, of um, the sort of uh, grindhouse stuff of the seventies called Dig. Um, right now- Is that the one uh, with his daughter that's- Yeah, and yes. Emil, yeah, yeah. And it's really fun. And if you, if you like, uh, sort of old school 1990s style crime thrillers and 70s style crime thrillers, you'll really enjoy it. Uh, it's a little, uh, it's a lot of fun, a little movie. Uh, I have a, a mystery comedy coming out early next year called Helen's Dead and I'm prepping right now for a film. Uh, we'll be announcing soon a bank robbery film uh, uh, that will be coming out uh, August or something like that, September next year. 
you're a very busy man, consider <laughs> you've just had yeah. two sort of two movies right on yep. each other and then sort of another on the way, which I'll yeah. definitely check out, check out Dig because, like I said, I'm a big Thomas Jane fan, so yeah, that sounds right it's up my street. A really fun movie. It's a little bit like the, the classic film Desperate Hours. One um, of my favorites as well. I love the book. Then you'll really enjoy the film. Then you'll like it a lot. Yeah, it's very, very similar. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I, I will definitely be, uh, be checking that out. Can I yeah. say thank you very much for your time? Really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed talking with you as well. Thank you so much. Go see Slayers in the movie theaters if you can. It's, an, it's a real experience in the movie theater. And if not, on demand, and you can watch it a bunch of times and figure out what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Movies and Focus podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope that you tell your friends about it. That's it for this time, and I'll see you at the movies.